we'll get uh, right into it. Does that sound pretty good? Aces. Aces. Here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to the Celebrity Hour podcast. I am Brian Kluger, and I have a fantastic show for you today. I have a legend in the acting world, an intercontinental champion of film and television, Ben Foster. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian, for that intro. Holy smokes. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. I'm channeling my inner pro wrestling. <laughs> I like it. I'm wearing like spandex it. under this white shirt. I'm ready to jump on. Wonderful. You got your singlet on. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about your new film, The Survivor, uh, the article you wrote about it, a few other things. But first, like in the sound of music, we have to start at the very beginning. Nice. Where did it all start with you, Ben, uh, in, in the acting world? What Was there something that you watched on your parents' television that sparked that interest? Where did it all begin for you in acting? Oh, we're fans first, right, Brian? You know, we, we watch TV or we, we go to a play or watch a movie. My, my parents were uh, and are cinephiles, which they introduced me to, 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 to movies. And, and, um, but to, way, to, to say where it started was probably very young uh, at school, seeing a school play and being so taken with the dream, getting caught up like we all do, hopefully. You watch something, you're just swept into the moment and, and, and the desire to be a part of that feeling. Do you remember your first school play and what character you played? Well, well, I mean, the first play, I don't even remember what the first play was. I, I just, I saw Midsummer's Night Dream and, and, and was, I think I was eight years old and went back many many times well past um probably a healthy amount and um and just found my way into the back of the theater and just said oh, how can i how can i be a part of this so, so i'd paint sets and i'd move boxes around the back and and would slowly get a line and, and built up from there and as i got older uh Got a few more lines here and there and saw more films and, and just got swept up in, in, uh, in, in storytelling. Right. Yes, you did. And your performances over the years from everything from Freaks and Geeks to Six Feet Under to the most recent Hustle movie on Netflix and this one, The Survivor, you just have this wide dynamic range of just pulling these characters and bringing them to life on screen. And somebody... Uh, like myself, who uh, was raised Jewish, had a bar mitzvah, and was in theater and film at a young age. I used kind of my theater and film crafts learning and classes at my bar mitzvah at such an early age of being in front of people and using that. Did you find yourself doing that uh, when you had your bar mitzvah, using some of those skills that you learned over the years? Well, uh, the bar mitzvah is is, is uh is is such a an incredible rite of passage and, and so I, I i don't i didn't i don't know if i i could consciously say that i i applied what i was learning or experiencing as as a youngster it it, it was incredibly intimidating 
and I forget what my Haftorah was at this point. I'm, uh, it was like 22 pages of, of Hebrew and I, it, 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 my grandparents were there and my Nana came from, escaped from Romania and, and the, uh, the ritual of that transition, um, I remember clearly the, the feeling of it. Um, because uh, there is an element of theater to any kind of religious transition or, or ceremony. The, the, there's, be it in a church or a temple, there are certain lights and stained glass windows, which could be akin to what they do in the theater with theater lights or film. So I can, I can see the connections. Um, but making work personal I, it, it, it is something that... Um, the closer that I can get to the material, uh, the less I, the less, I suppose fear goes away when one feels in service of something and a bar mitzvah is, is in service of transition. Right, perfectly put, perfectly put. And with this film, The Survivor, you play Harry Haft, um, this real life historical figure that was a survivor of the Holocaust, in myself, when I've written scripts and when I tackled a screenplay a few years ago on the Holocaust, I found myself going in my family's roots of in the past of talking with the survivors and of my own family and trying to put their stories somehow in this world. Did you find yourself coming to this story um, and Coming, going through your family's history and bringing whatever their stories were into this role? Well, uh, as a filmmaker or a storyteller, you, you, one, one uh, the old adage is, uh, you know, write what you know. Uh, and the other side of that is uh, asking questions because you don't know. And, and, and that's one of the deep joys of, of, of this kind of work is, is getting to say, I don't know, and, and surrounding yourself with people. So to di more directly answer your question, um, I spoke to my aunt and I spoke to my father and, and, and we, we discussed the immigration stories of my family. Uh, uh, my my uh, grandfather on my father's side came from the Ukraine and he was first generation, my grandfather. My, my Nana uh, came over from Romania, but that was, in the, uh, the early to mid twenties uh, and they were escaping the pogroms um, um, from being assassinated and they were hiding in the basement of a neighbor and, and they were able to, to get their visas and get on a boat and, and come to America. And so I suppose the, the, the generational trauma or and beyond trauma, the fortitude is what makes up our country. And it's something that, that I hold very near and dear to my heart. Uh, to the day, well, there are two stories. My Nana, uh, when she came over on the boat as an eight-year-old, as the story goes, she, she pointed out the small window and steerage that she was on with thousands of other immigrants escaping war. Uh, saw the Statue of Liberty on Thanksgiving Day and said in Yiddish, that's my lady. 
And for the rest of her days, she had little statues of the Statue of Liberty in her, her apartment. Uh, she was a, a, a proud American. And on the other side, she would listen to American radio. She had a radio, little one, uh, that she'd keep under her pillow. And she listened to it every night because the music on that radio kept her from the memories of hearing the boots above looking for her and her family uh, to eliminate them. And those memories never went away. So I carry her with me and I carried her with me through the filming of this story through further exploration. And as you spoke with your family members who were directly connected to the camps, I just spent time working with the Shoah Foundation. And I listened to hours and hours and hours of testimony and though their stories vary, there are, there are consistencies that I found and find incredibly hopeful. No, you're, you're very right. And that's what I love about the survivor is that like the Shoah Foundation and even the documentary by Claude Landsman, Shoah, the, the film, the survivor, kind of explores and navigates the trauma that people bring through generations and their shell shock and PTSD. And I love that about this movie because that's kind of what it's all about, I think. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And it's not just the Holocaust. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it is the immigrant story of those escaping war and and trying to find safe harbor. But it doesn't stop once you get off the boat, off the plane. You're still carrying your past with you. And how do we confront that? How do we look at that? How do we find healing in that in order to protect the next generation? Not from not discussing it, but finding ways to talk about it in a way that doesn't further traumatize them. So many children of survivors that I've spoken to thought their parents hated them because they wouldn't talk about where they came from. And feeling this sense of maybe being unlovable or unworthy or not strong enough or good enough for this shadowy past is not a healthy way to live. And it, it, will, be, it will keep being passed down unless we talk about it. And hopefully a film isn't prescriptive. It's not lesson teaching, but it does provide an opportunity to talk about things. Yes, totally agree. And I wanna bring up your article that you wrote about starring in this movie and being a part of it. The one line that really stuck, struck a chord with me, which I think is just so unfortunately still relevant at this moment is that you wrote choice is a luxury. And oh my goodness, that just is insane how it was, how it was even back then and how it is today. And I just love that you wrote that choice is a luxury because it really is. And I love that we get to have a choice and like we just talked about in talking about the trauma, making it better. And I love that you wrote that. Where, talk to me about writing that article. How, what was that like? <laughs> well, 
as the film offered an opportunity to explore three seasons of a man's life who, who endured incredible difficulties and also inflicted uh, profound violence. And 73 or more lives passed through his bare knuckles. And he was charged with the incomprehensible task of fighting his fellow Jews to the death for the entertainment of the Nazis. Then to escape a death march to arrive in America and try to find a new life. When I read about the Ukraine, I of course am reflecting on my own family's uh, heritage and I felt compelled to uh, well, two things, I suppose. I want to talk about my Nana. I want to talk about my family and share that and, and, and how it guides and has guided and influenced uh, me a, 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 as, as, a, as an, a working actor, but also when I look at my children, uh, two young children, and, and anytime one gets frustrated in their own circumstance, we all do get frustrated and whatever that is, is taking pause to reflect of how did we get here? And, and maybe being a little more, uh, a little more grateful, a little more compassionate to, to those that seem different to us or the person who doesn't feel like talking. Perhaps there's something inside of them that, that needs a, uh, a little more compassion. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, switching little uh, little emotions here. Uh, I liked that some of the film, especially during some of the training sequences with Devito, uh, where he told you you were eating ham, and your response to that in the movie was so great and so refreshingly comedic that everybody needed to laugh. You know, up until that moment. <laughs> Was there, I mean, being at that table with so many great actors, including yourself, is there a lot of improv and what was happening on the set and, you know, eating is like, that's him, you know, like that was such a great refreshing moment. <laughs> it's classic Barry Levinson. Yes. It's where do we spend most of our time if we're lucky enough? It's at a table with people we love. It could be a family we have chosen or it could be blood relatives in this circumstance, Harry is sitting with uh, a new family of sorts. Uh, and Barry encourages improv uh, and, and in between uh, takes uh, throughout the shoot, he was, he was telling Jewish jokes and to entertain and lift the spirits of the crew and the cast and, and work marvelously. And, and, and to that point, Brian, there, there's, there's one joke that he kept telling and, and he, just, he just enjoyed telling it. It's like, do you, do, you, do you ever hear the joke about the, the mother and his son? And, the be, and, and, and we'd all howl. But uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the film, as written, uh, and you've seen the picture, uh, and without too many spoilers here, uh, Harry uh, has gone through uh, uh, confronting a bit of his past and is going to return to his wife. And as written, he's just going to go walk sit down next to her. And though they've gone through many difficulties in this relationship, uh, they hold hands and they look out into the sea. 
as written. But right before he rolled, Barry leaned into me. He's like, you remember that joke about the hat? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. He's like, tell Miriam about the hat. I said, all right. And we had two cameras and it was, and we rolled, we didn't rehearse. I didn't tell Vicky, who plays Miriam, Vicky Creeps, that I was gonna tell her a joke. I just told her the joke that, that Barry had been telling. And for whatever reason, we just, we just burst into laughter. And that laughter uh, became a catharsis that she and I needed, and Harry and Miriam needed, and hopefully uh, the audience, uh, it speaks to not only a Jewish joke, but the impossible question of what is this life? What is enough? What is choice? And uh, it can be ridiculous and it's okay to feel ridiculous in that reflection. <laughs> it is, it is. And it was, it was a perfect chef's kiss. I could talk with you for about another hour about everything. I've got to wrap this up. So hopefully we can talk again at a later date. My last quick fun question for you. You're obviously a cinematic aficionado. Are there any particular scenes in movies that have always stuck with you that have helped shape your creative life? Golly, so many. It's a fun question. <laughs> it's, uh, 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 so, uh, so many. Uh, I suppose the one that, that comes to mind is, uh, is Peter Sellers in, in Dr. Strangelove. Yes. <laughs> and it's hard to pick a scene or a character of the three that he played. What one could imagine the 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 German uh, Nazi giving advice, uh, <laughs> trying to keep his Monfuri can walk out of the wheelchair. Uh, it it uh, is one of the great moments of uh, of uh, of comedy in pain. Yep, and an M Night Shyamalan type twist <laughs> when he gets up, just like what is happening. <laughs> Or Colonel Mendrake, the scene with Colonel Mendrake uh, talking about uh, uh, man's essence. I mean, these, these are these are scenes that the absurdity of being a human being. Some days, uh, I certainly would prefer to laugh than not. And uh, I believe Barry, to circle back, uh, was able to incorporate some of these idiosyncratic ambiguities of the human animal into the survivor. And uh, Peter Sellers has always been a great inspiration to me. Well, thank you so much. He has to me too. I've had a lovely time uh, talking with you about the survivor. Thank you again. Hopefully we'll talk very soon and uh, yeah, have a great rest of the day. I appreciate you, Brian. You too. Have a good afternoon. You too. Thanks,